Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, to another live Q&A with yours truly. I won't be before you guys long. I just felt led to the hop on here. So um, I know that God wants me to do this because it is 1130 in my time and my wife is asleep. So like I said, uh, I'm here to serve um, and I'm just here to be obedient. So I'm going to let you guys come on in. Let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state. I'm going to give you, uh, you all some time to come in because I know it's later than usual. Um, so uh, for those who's watching on uh, YouTube and on Facebook, I want to say thank you all so much for watching. I hope the resources that I've been giving you have been a blessing. I, I just want to just appreciate all those who subscribe and been with me. Um, I'm, I'm, I kind of honor that God will use the resources and tools that I have to, to help you all on your walk with your walk with him. So I'm going to give you all an opportunity to come on in, look in the chat box at you. All come, I'm gonna get my uh books just in case. All that good stuff. Hope you all's um weekend is starting off well. Hope your Friday, hope your weeks was well. Oh, everybody's here now, man. I don't know why the chat does that. Kath, uh Catherine, what's going on? Jennifer, what's going on, sis? Natalie C, what's good? Good evening. Hey, coach at work watching. Keep me lifted. Thank I got you, humble one. You know I got you. Let me know in detail. Email me. What else we got? Uh and Miss Charles, how you doing? Wow, what a what a late one. Thanks, Dora Pre. You're so welcome. No problem, Coach. You've been making the channel look good. Listen, Nick, Nick, bro. We, see, the goal is to go from glory to glory, my brother. That's all we can do. Uh, what's going on, Tasha Brown? Oh, the humble one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Hope everything's well from the from the session that we had. Uh, let me see. Uh, Miami in the building. Hey, Coach from Australia. Thank you for watching. I know it's like super early. Well, six in the morning. By where y'all at? Natalie, I try my best to log in on time. I usually have to watch. I'm glad you're here, Natalie. Just bought the dating prep cards. Oh man, I appreciate that, man. I really hope those that those cards are are will help you uh, date yourself as well as the young lady that may be in your life. Uh, oh, here we go. Catherine says, "How do we find our purpose?" Great question. Um, purpose is one of those topics that I have uh, spoke lengthily, length, lengthly on. And um, I have a lot of videos on my channel, so I want you to make sure you check those out. But to answer your questions right here, I really want you to really think about purpose in regards to uh, perspective, that you won't be able to really know what your purpose is until you have the right perspective. And perspective only comes from the person of God. Um, the more you know him, the more you know yourself, the, know, the more you know uh, what you are here to do. So my advice to you is, is to really uh, clean and clear out your life and say, you know, is there any clutter in my life? Is there anything in my life that's keeping me from the person of God? Because the more I walk with person, the more I walk in purpose. See what I'm saying? And so I really want you to take some time to watch these two videos. Let me see if I can find them here. I want you to take some time to watch. Um, let me see. Uh, this video right here I just did recently, How to Discover Your Calling. That's a good video there. Um, there's another video I have on purpose, but um, I don't have it here. Oh, this video is good right here in Walking Daily with God. Um, those those type of videos will kind of help you have the right perspective so that you can be right on path. Um, but your purpose is in you. Um, the tools, um, the parts of your purpose are in you. Um, like I knew I was a wordsmith. I discovered I was a wordsmith. And now, but words was always in me. These books that I've written were always in me. Um, God, when he formed you in your mother's womb, put parts in you um, that was supposed to be manifested to produce um, product and produce um, um, uh, things for the glory of God and for the manifestation of your purpose. So you find your purpose in the person of God and you find also after you find who God is and who you are in him, the clearer your purpose comes. So watch those two videos, those two that I just showed you, as well as the video I did on single. I think it's like the third video I did on my course. Check that video out. 
and you'll be able to, I mean, it's like two, three, four hours worth of material that I'm that I'm sharing with you now. And it will really give you insight on your purpose. But your purpose is found in the person of God and in who he has made you to be. Great, great question. My, Mr. Rodriguez, what's up, family? Yvonne from uh, Virginia, what's going on? 1.37 p.m. Oh, so, oh, man, you, you prime time, your time. All right, let's see what else we have. <clears throat> uh, okay, here we go. Hey, coach, I have idolized a specific preference for my future wife. I feel you so much that I'm having trouble surrendering it to God. How do I surrender to God? Realizing that um, that specific person that God has for you um, or the person you desire to have, um, you don't even know right now that the person that you want right now is the person that you will have. Um, the woman that I wanted in my early 20s, not the woman that I have now. The woman I have now is 10 times better than the woman I desired when I was earlier or younger. To answer your question specifically, how do you surrender to God? You have to really see um, the root sin of it all. You have to see the root idolatry. When you see the idolatry and how it puts a wedge between you and God in regards to fellowship purposes, then you will begin to say, you know what, God? I, I, my life is best when I let you flow. My life is best when you're number one in my life. My life goes well when I keep you and when you are my well, my water, my my nourishment, my source. And so you have to realize that idolatry will only disappoint you because idolatry will have you develop false ideals about that individual and then put a false expectation on the individual. And then about time you meet that individual, that person won't even be able to stomach you because you have uh, uh, dwelt on this individual for so long that you now going to create these unrealistic expectations about this person and, and, and really mess up the relationship. Uh, so, hey, coach, I have idolized a specific preference for my future wife so much that I'm having trouble surrendering to God. You just got to look at why. Um, and most of the times we feel that way um, due to insecurities, due to um, the type of woman that, that we've uh, indulged in on Instagram or whatever. And we just have to really surrender the root reason. Um, what you're going through right now is a symptom of something more severe. You have to look at the heart and ask them, what is the source to this problem? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I perceiving this way? Did something happen in my childhood? Um, the Holy Spirit will let you know vividly and clearly what it is in your life so that you'll be able to deal with that root issue so that symptom will fade. But I'm telling you, my brother, um, you got to trust God with that person and not be afraid because God knows what you like more than you even know what you like, my my fam, my friend, hope to help. Mauricio says, how do we build consistency? Great question. Um, consistency boils down to a clear vision of what your purpose is. Um, the fruits from discipline will always be sweeter than the fruits of desire. Um, sometimes impulsive pursuits of desires leads us uh, a fool leaves, leaves us malnourished. But when you understand that in order for me to be this character in the movie of my life, the sequels in the third, the fourth and the fifth movies and chapters of my life, I got to make sure that I do certain habits every day to be that person I need to be. So you build consistency by starting with the small things. First, I want you to do this, my friend. I want you to write down your desired outcomes for your life. What do you desire to be the outcomes from your life? What do you desire <clears throat> to be the outcomes in regards to you as a man, financially, uh, um, spiritually, emotionally, uh, um, etc. And then you will then begin to discover the disciplined outputs that, that is needed for you to be that person. 
right? So you build consistency by seeing the value of the consistency because, because inconsistency don't, pr- don't produce much of anything. Being inconsistent will only get you halfway to anywhere. But if you're consistent like me, like I've been doing this for 12 years because I know it's bigger than just um, the followers. It's bigger than just the subscribers. In the beginning, it was all about that. And then my, my consistency was predicated on um, 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 the, the comfort, the, 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 the people. But when I begin to focus on the fruit I need to bear that will ensure that God gets premium glory out of my life, then my consistency was higher than the opinions and likes and shares of others. See, when you have an eternal motive, you will be earthly effective. When you have an eternal goal, you will, you will be disciplined earthly. So it all boils down to who you want to glorify. It all boils down to who you want to maximize your gift for. Because if you give your gift in the hands of God and you maximize your gift here, you're guaranteed to have gifts around you all the days of your life. So you build consistency by understanding your eternal why, your eternal goal, your internal mission. And from there, you will begin to see the value of the daily disciplines here on this earth. And you'll be like, you know what? It is better for me to move this way, because if you have an eternal goal, you will you will you will endure these earthly things. You'll be consistent because, you know, I'm bearing fruit for something bigger. So start small, start above. Simple as that, my friend. Hope that helps. Man, these late night sessions, y'all be asking some some questions. <clears throat> Aline Cullen says, how to build a better prayer life? Um, You build a better prayer life by understanding that God is a person, not a machine. God is not someone that you just submit a document to and, and, and whatever. He's a person. And the more you get to know him as a person, the more the conversation builds. The person that you love the most, enjoy their company the most, you're, you're very talkative with. The same is with God. The more I became clear about his attributes and began to notice his goodness, I began to communicate with him more. And prayer, I'm going to do a video in a couple of weeks, I think, maybe next week or next, week after next. I'm going to talk about how to pray effective prayer. See, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's not a submission. It's a, it's a, it's a and what I mean by submission, not submitting uh, uh what you need and desire, then you run away. It's a person that you're talking to. Um, you wouldn't want nobody just to just uh, divulge on you and then leave and don't care about what you got to say. But you build a better prayer life by realizing that God is present and realizing that God's a person. Let's swap that. Realizing that he's a God, that he's a person, that he's present. Present means that it don't matter when you talk to him. He's not far away. You don't got to wait. You don't have to wonder by wonder why, wonder how long you have to wait to hear from him. He will speak. You see what I'm saying? He, what I mean by speak, he is there. Um, and, and his presence is, is confirmation. His peace is confirmation of his presence. So you build a better prayer life by realizing that God's a person and realizing that he's present and um, uh, um, he's a present help in a time of trouble. He is everywhere so you can speak to him anywhere and that he speaks in multiple uh, ways. And, and 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 most people, the reason why they don't pray is because they don't they treat God like a machine. I only talk to God when I want something. Uh, but I, but 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 God wants to talk wants to talk with you, give you creative ideas. And when you begin to realize, like for me, from from my own um, perspective, man, I always get something out of His presence. I always get a good book idea. I always get card ideas. I always get uh, message ideas. I always get new ways for my wife in, in regards to serving her. I always benefit when I'm in His presence. I get to vent to Him. 
You see what I'm saying? I get to um, receive intel from him. So you build a better prayer life and not, not putting pressure on you because most people think quantity. No, God wants quality. If you pray five quality minutes a day, those five quality minutes a day are 10 times better than someone who prays five hours a day. And, and, and that's their only reward. They're just doing it for show and they're doing it for uh, self-righteousness and for <clears throat> whatever else. So you build it by building small, by realizing that he's a person and realizing he's present and realizing that he cares about you. And then you will talk to him anytime. And you don't have to be all deep with God. All you got to do is just talk with him. Like, God, is how I'm feeling right now. What do you think about this? What should I do? How, how should I think of it? How should I move this way? And then you will begin to see, you know what? God, mad, cool, man. See, I talk to him all the time. So I don't, I have moments where I pray, where I can be pruned, where I can really petition for my family, et cetera, petition. What I mean by petition, but, you know, stand in the gap for family and whatnot. But when it comes to like, I talk to him every time I'm in the car, really. Like I talk to him when I'm in the car. I don't really listen to music that much. Sometimes I do, but I talk to him every time I'm in the car. I talk to him all the time. And that's just how we are. Hope that. Uh, let's see. You're so welcome, fam. Afternoon, always happy to make the live. I'm so glad you're on the live as well. Hey, coach from uh, Massachusetts, what's going on? All right, Jennifer, yeah. Do you ever feel tired from doing ministry? Yeah. <clears throat> it's okay to be tired. Just get rest. Uh, ministry is, um, there's two types of ministry. Multi, there's multi levels to ministry, Jennifer. And this is what will help you and all ministers to really make sure they're ministering accurately. See, for me, um, I minister to God first. That's what gives me energy to minister to myself, which will then give me energy to minister to others. If you don't minister to God first or minister to yourself first, you won't be a proper minister to anyone else. That's why now in my ministry, I'm not tired. You see what I'm saying? Because I minister to God, I minister to myself, I minister to my family more than I minister to y'all. And that gives me energy. The more I minister to God, the more I begin um, to understand uh, where I'm at in life, where I'm at with him, where I'm at um, in regards to productivity. And then I have this supernatural energy that emboldens me to minister to myself, to see what I'm going through, how to make changes and how to properly balance myself. And then I'm able to minister to others. Burnout occurs when we minister based upon the demands of people. See, we're only supposed to minister at the at the uh, length of God in regards to obedience to him. Sometimes we get into ministry we and we act like Jesus. We act like we have this... Um, um, uh, body that's un, uh, unbearable. You have to understand that you got to close at a certain time, my friend. Like for me, I close and today I'm open late because I'm being obedient to God. But but honestly, um, you got to learn rest and learn that God is what's best for them. And, and you have to take breaks, take breaks. It's okay to take a break from ministry because you'll never take a break from ministering to God. You just got to take a break from ministering to people. And the best way to set you up not to be burnt out in ministry is to teach people how to go to God. Teach people how um, to go to the source that will never get tired. See, right now, I, I, I make it a practice by asking people, what did God say about that? Have you talked to him? Because I used to be, I used to have this God savior complex. Like, oh, just tell me all your problems. Like, nah, I can't carry it all the time. So do I ever feel tired? Um, I think I wouldn't even say tired of ministry now that I've made some changes because I know when to stop. I know when to put it over there. I know when to uh, not walk away. I know when to rest, but not quit. Because what happens if you keep going in and you think you're too legit than what you really are, then you're going to end up quitting. 
and and because it's, it's unbearable. They say uh, a thousand or so pastors um, quit closing churches every week because they overdoing it. God, you supposed to you in partnership with God, and and when you understand that, you trust people in the hands of God. And so, my advice to you, my friend, is to minister to God. No, that's your ultimate ministry. Minister to yourself. And if you don't have nothing else to give, then don't give it. And if people get upset with you because you want to take a break in self-care, those people don't have the right perspective of ministry as well. So you must have the right perspective of ministry and flow with the leadership of the Holy Spirit because he knows your body more than you. He knows your limits. He knows what you're able to handle. And that's all that you can do. But I, I but yeah, have I been tired to the point of burnout? Yeah, plenty of times, but not anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't set myself up to burnout and, and I'm okay with, I told my wife, I'm okay to walk away from this. If she needs me for a month if she needs whatever. And, and I gotta, it's, it's no, it's no, it's not even a, it's not even a question. You know what I'm saying? I love y'all, but God is open 24 seven, but that's the perspective you have to have that do not allow your ministry to be predicated on the people. Do it for God first. And then you will be most effective to the people. Hope that helps. Great questions, y'all. Y'all get deep late night. I'm going to ask God if I can have some more of these late night sessions. Man. All right, here we go. <clears throat> how can I help God for my family, future husband, and friends? Okay, how can I help God help my family, future husband, and friends? Um, realizing that um, don't think that God needs your help, my friend. Um, assist God. Um, assist the work that he's doing. Um, God in of himself don't need us. He is self-sufficient. That's one of his attributes. He's all sufficient in of himself. He doesn't need us. He uh, he desires us, but he doesn't need us, right? Because need leads to perversion. He wants us. He wants us to be his uh, sons and daughters adopted. He wants to adopt us. He wants to do a lot of things, but he doesn't need us. So I want you to make sure that you understand that God doesn't need you. He wants you to be a part of the family business. He wants you to work alongside him. So how you can better assist God because God don't need help. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that he doesn't need And What I mean by help <clears throat> What I mean, he does it. He's not in desperate need for help. He doesn't mind your help, but you got to understand that your help has to be submitted to the helper, the Holy Spirit. And then you will best see how you can best assist God, assist your family, your future husband and friends, etc. Um, the best way to do so is, is to develop your mind into a proactive mind, a mind that takes initiative. It takes, uh, takes effort to really uh, build the muscle of your mind where you're able to recognize um, need and how to meet that need. First off, you got to look at yourself and say, what kind of tool am I? Because a hammer is not going to try to be a screwdriver. A screwdriver is not going to try to be a hammer. Even if they try, they won't be effective. So you have to know what kind of tool you are so that you'll know how God will use you. So when you see a screw, you know that's for you. When you see a nail, you know that's where you sail. You see what I'm saying? And, and when you process like that, you'll say, I know, I know how I can help this person versus trying to overdo and realizing that you're setting yourself a burnout. So how do you help? By thinking three moves ahead by being still in your own life, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God, um, um, navigating deeper in the sanctification process, which means the renewing of your mind so that your mind will be clear enough to be able to recognize how to serve and be a better servant. That's the better word. God doesn't need your help. He welcomes um, servants. Just serve him uh, uh, and be the best servant in every room. Just outserve the people there. So you know what? We can't outserve God, but you know what I mean? 
But the more you begin to wait on the Lord and serve him as a waitress or a waiter, you begin to serve him. You will begin to see how you who you are as a servant and how you can best serve others. So that's just those are just some of the things I want you to think about in regards to serving and, and helping, knowing that God is self-sufficient of his own self. He wants you to help. He wants you to be a part of what he's already done, being a tool that's manifested when it's already been established by him. And then when it comes to your family, be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will, will train your eye, train your mind as you renew it, how to see how to serve. But if you if you self-seeking, you're only going to see how you should be served. But take the time to just look in the room, go into a room quietly and seek ways that you can serve. And when you make it a habit to notice it and a habit to doing it, then it'll become easier over time. And then you will be an effective and efficient helper in every circle that you find yourself. Hope to help, fam. The humble one says, thinking about going on a juice fast, do you think this is safe and what's a good length to go? So great question. Um, every fast you do must be to a degree led by God. And what I mean by that, you, I intermittent fast. I'm not saying the whole spirit telling me intermittent fast. And that's the intermittent fast is where I only eat within a six hour window. But when it comes to juice fast, what I would do is seek God and study. Seek God. God, is this what you want me to do? And then now, now, if this is a fast for health reasons, then you do what you do. We're talking about if you're trying to fast solely for spiritual nourishment. But if you're fasting for physical reasons, study about juice fast. Study what your body needs during the juice fast, supplements that you may need to support the juice fast and and, and be wise and understand, take baby steps. Maybe I wouldn't start a three-day <clears throat> four day juice fast. I will wean myself. What I will do is I will take meat away, meat, cheese and dairy away on the first day. Then I will go. I would then I would just do uh, uh, maybe rice and cooked vegetables. Then I will go take the starch away the next day and do nothing but vegetables and then cooked vegetables Then go from cooked vegetables to raw vegetables for a day or so and then go into a juice fast. You kind of got to slowly walk your body into doing a fast versus just abruptly doing it because the, the, the quicker you get in it. The, the quicker you out of it because your body won't be able to adjust. And then you have all these things going on with your body. And then you're, you know, but if you wean yourself slowly into it, then you will see you, will, you will experience the, the fullness of the fast. And really your body will be able to, um, how can I put it? Your body will react appropriately. That's just the best advice. But if you're doing it for spiritual reasons, seek God about it. <clears throat> and, but if you're doing it for physical reasons, just for health and whatnot, Still see God about it, but at the same time, study about juice fast, what to do, what not to do, what juices and what not, what to do when you feel lightheaded, get used wisdom. If you work in a, a eight hour strenuous, strenuous job, you may have to come, you may have to think about certain things. Some things you just got to think about. Hope that helps. And Nick Charles says, coach, I found myself questioning God. I used to be so on fire for God. Now it's so hard for me to pray and read the word. I always end up questioning God. How do I get back? <clears throat> on fire for Christ. Great question. It all boils down to my friend to going back to the moment you've that fire began to wane. What contributed to that fire going down? Right. Oftentimes it could be disappointment. It could be we we met an attribute of God that that we didn't like. 
Um, and that's oftentimes happened. When you first get introduced to God, God, most of us have been introduced to God through God's love. And, and then and then some time goes by and then we're reintroduced. We're introduced to God's pruning. And it doesn't feel like love, but it's actually love. And so what happens is we begin to wane in our walk with God because we met an attribute that we didn't quite agree about God, right? And, and, and that's when you begin to study holistically the attributes of God. So what I want you to do, friend, is to go to Google and type in, um, the attributes of God. And when you begin to study the attributes of God, you will begin to see him in his character and in his personhood. And then you will begin to get to know him. And then you will begin to get to trust him more. And then uh, fire begin to go, begin to grow. You also have to ask yourself, am I practicing any sins or am I lifting unnecessary weights in my life that's making me um, not practice the spiritual disciplines that kind of supports fire growth. See, when we are in awe of God and we uh, get introduced to God, there's zeal there. Um, um, relationship bulls, uh, relationship builds wisdom, relationship builds understanding. So when you meet someone zealously, but don't take time to understand them, that zeal is going to wane out. But when you match that zeal with understanding and perspective, right? Excuse me, then you will be able to see that fire stay steady. See, you don't want to be a person that has a burst of fire. That's cool. You want a steady flame. And so you have to say, okay, what caused me to separate myself from focus? Fire comes from focus. Fire comes from fellowship. Let's reverse that. Uh, fire comes from understanding that God's a father. Fire comes from fellowship with the father. Fire comes with focusing on the task and what the father wants you to do. That's how fire stays steady. When you don't know God as a father, then you won't fellowship with him. The order fellowship will be awkward. If the fellowship is awkward, there's no focus. If there's no focus, there's no fire. So you got to ask yourself what caused the disconnection in fellowship with the Father, and then begin to fellowship with and say, you, and God is not sitting there blowing. You got to be perfect to come to me. Just say, God, here am I. Help me. I really want to be on fire for you. But you also got to understand, you cannot just have desire. You have to couple with that desire. Discipline, my friend. Discipline by saying, okay, I'm going to read the word of God with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take initiative to pray because it's not easy to, to, to uh, relationships take work, my friend. They take work. If anybody who's been married, it takes work. If you don't work it, you'll be worked out of it. So even our relationship with God takes work. So you got to take initiative. You got to be proactive. You got to practice those daily things that as fire to relationship. They, uh, I heard people say about marriage. Uh, I know my pastor said, oh, in our counseling session, he said, always every day put a bucket in the relationship. Do something every day to add. Don't let a day go by without adding something that would make that person smile or feel joyous and connected to you every day. So that's what you have to do. What can you do every day to keep that flame steady? When your mind is is growing and understanding who he is, and then you'll see things manifest that way. Hope that helped, my friend. But don't beat yourself about it. Don't get condemned about it. Um, now it's so hard for me. To, it's hard because it's hard to pray and it's hard to read um, because of our perspective of prayer and reading. Um, but when you begin to see God as a person and you begin to see that his words are active, see, then you will begin to say, you know, what? I enjoy his company. I enjoy this. And it becomes one of the sweetest things you ever do in life. When I read my word, it's one of the sweetest things, we sweetest experience I've ever had in my life. When I talk to God, it's one of the best experiences of my life. Actually, the best experience because I get so much from it. 
And then it makes me, it, it pulls me into contributing to the relationship every day. Um, because if I, if I want the relationship to grow, if I want the relationship to go, I gotta, I gotta plant, I gotta put something in it every day. And so start with understanding who he is as your father. So study his attributes, fellowship with him. He's present, talk to him uh, and it, it focus on something he wants you to focus on. Because when I focus on these videos, and I focus on these books. I got to go talk to him. You see what I'm saying? But if I'm idle, there's no need to talk to him. But if I'm productive, there's always something to talk to him about because I'm looking for the next creative thing to do on behalf of him and to serve him and make him known. Hope that helped. Judy Owens, my first time here. How to renew your zeal for God. Great question, Judy. Same thing. Um, understand that zeal is is only as good as a discipline that supports it. You have to be disciplined. You, you, you discipline. I'm just saying discipline is people look at discipline only in a physical sense, but you need spiritual disciplines to be successful. So you build, increase your zeal and fire for God by discipline. By, And what I mean, before you get to the discipline, you have to delight in him. And in order to delight him, you got to be in the light. You got to be willing to be exposed. You got to be willing to be better. You got to be willing to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to make you better. So in order to delight in God, you got to go to the light. Light here, show me, expose me, because I want to be effective and efficient for God. I want to be able to be used by him. And the delight will ex- the delight will expose things in you. And then once those things are removed, then you will begin to delight in God in this proper sense. And then when you begin to delight in God, you will begin to see desires met. And then to keep that river going, not because you want things, but to keep that 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 relationship thriving and vibrant, you just start doing disciplines by like if I'm married right now, if I don't if I don't talk to my wife, if I don't engage my wife, we'll be roommates. We won't be we won't be married. We'll be just roommates. Marriage is based upon what we invest in it. The same things with God. You can't just go days without talking to God and then expect the fellowship to be there. You know what I'm saying? So so when we read his word to get to know him and when we pray to him every day to talk to him, vent, process, praise, rejoice, etc., it builds something in us. And then when because the enemy doesn't want you to feel that he doesn't want you to feel the fruits of fellowship with the father. He doesn't want you to feel the fruits of fellowship with God because he knows that is the most. There's no drug. There's no woman. There's no man that can make you feel like that. When a human being is engaging in the presence of God, he feels and she feels the most peaceful. He or she feels the most at rest. He or she feels the most loved. So there's no need for anything else. And then when you taste and see that he's good and you taste and see what true love is, etc., you're going to want to stay there. It's hard to leave the beach, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the beach is so amazing. <clears throat> so when you visit it, or not visit, but when you step into the presence of God, now let me make sure I make this plain theologically. Nothing can separate us from from my love. God is everywhere. His presence is everywhere. Our perspective determines if we tap into the presence. See, my presence is in the house, but if I'm hard-hearted and whatever, my wife, it's going to be hard for her to really tap into my presence. You see what I'm saying? Or or if, if, um, yeah, et cetera. But God's presence is welcoming it's our perspective that helps us tap into his presence where we're able to say, wow, this is amazing. Have you ever breathed for the first time in a long time? We breathe air all the time. It's there. But when you, when you, it's something that's a dick, that's a deep, that's a different breath than that. When you take a deep breath, they say deep breaths are great for the body. That's the same thing was present in the presence of God. We're in the presence. We act. The Bible says in him, we live, move, and have our being. 
But when we, wow, breathing becomes something special. You see what I'm saying? And, and that's how you, you, that's how we, that's how you do it. Um, that's all I got, y'all. I just want to do 30 minutes or so. Uh, oh, my, I forgot to put your question up there, Judy. My first time here, how to renew your zeal for God. Um, I hope I'll get, listen, I'll probably do weekends. I think I'm going to dedicate to Q and A's um, because I haven't done them in a while. Weekends, I probably commit to maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes of live Q and A's. Um, since during the week I do daily plays, make sure you check those daily plays out and make sure I show them real quickly. This past Monday, I did this video here for men, uh, 10 signs you're a grown man. So make sure you check that out, fellas. Also on Tuesday, I did a video on how to walk with God daily. A great video there uh, on uh, Wednesday for the ladies. I did this video here, seven things one must do while waiting. So that video is available as well. And this week's video or today's video is how to add and attract value wherever you are. So those four videos, including our Good Guys podcast, is also available now. It's a very good one. This by far is the best Good Guys video my brother Brandon and I made, did. Uh, is is he ready to lead? Four signs he is ready to lead you as a husband. And four signs, fellas, you are ready to lead. So they for both audiences, for women and men, to really digest, are you ready to lead? and signs he is ready to lead you. So those four videos are available for you guys and gals to watch. And I hope they're a blessing to you. I think I have about maybe uh, eight or 12 daily play videos. So make sure you check those out. Um, Let's see what else I got here. Make sure you check out my website and make sure I get that up real quick. So you can uh, see what all we have to offer. In the meantime, I'll go ahead and show you uh, my books. So you'll be able to get the resources that will, that will help you along with your walk with God. My first book here, not my first one, but my latest book, as he says, Essence for the Students I Serve, is a children's book for kids. And these are our cartoon characters. I can't wait to, I can't wait to animate these. Man, God has given me so much great ideas waiting on this time adapt with that. Here are just proverbs for kids uh, to help kids navigate some of the uh, challenges of life. Also got this book on spiritual warfare, World War Me. How to Win the War Within. This book will help you with the whole armor of God and how to uh, withstand and, uh, and and fight the good fight of faith. This book right here is The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes uh, for uh, anyone who's single? Um, it's a great book right here to help you really uh, uh, maximize your singleness and enjoy it. This book right here is for soul, those who struggle with soul ties and strongholds, the purpose of freedom, um, how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. This book's also available on my website. Um, got this book here called, uh, let me make sure I go ahead and post the website. Uh, this book right here, Dating Prep, How to Date Yourself and the Love of Your Life Forever. This book right here is a great, uh, make sure I get over here. There we go. This book's a great resource as well. It also comes with a card game. What I do with it? Oh, there they go. All right, here we go. Got this card game right here, Dating Prep. It's a good tool for those who want to date themselves and love their life forever. And all the questions in this card game are in the book as well. And it's a great book, man. If you want to just read this for yourself, it will help you. Oh, there we go. It will help you with um, questions that you need to ask yourself to see if you're ready to date. And as well, if you with a person, y'all both get a book. And what's good about this book is is that when when you are dating with a person and you ask these right questions, right, and the relationship don't work, you throw this book away and get another book with the next person so that you'll be able to jot and see if y'all two are uh, meant for each other. Also, this other card game that I have called Memory Muscle, 
It's a fun way to memorize scripture um, by yourself with the audience or with a friend. And my first book that I ever wrote, Unplug, the top things you unplug from. And you can also go to my website. A lot of tools there. Um, a lot of things there. Kids mentoring program, online courses, books, merch. We got T-shirts. Oh, I'm not even wearing one of mine. Oh, we got a lot of good shirts there. Ways for you to donate, give, and all that stuff. But also, if you need one-on-one coaching, um, let me make sure I get this up. One-on-one coaching, you can do that on my website as well. Card games, custom coaching, donate, booking, contact worksheets, clothing. All that good stuff's available on my website there. So I love y'all. I hope this video was a blessing. Thank you all so much for watching on YouTube. Thank you all so much for watching on Facebook. And for those who's listening, thank y'all. Um, I probably see you guys and gals tomorrow. Make sure you check those videos out. Check my website out. Uh, I'll post it in the chat box for you all so that you guys will know um, where to go. And uh, I love y'all. Y'all know I do. I'll see y'all next time. Copy y'all, copy y'all's questions now. Because no man no one knows that when I'm gonna do a live uh QA. But I'll probably do one tomorrow. We'll see. But I have a family too. So we'll just see. Love y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.